0: Hey, Simple Passive Cashflow listeners. Today is going to be a little bit more of an advanced topic or for some of you guys save for the later. It's uh, going to be talking about what do you do to qualify for really big mortgages when you buy these really big houses that you shouldn't be affording it. But hey, you got all this cash flow because you've been investing the right way. Now, again, might be more advanced topic for, for, for later. But if you're getting started and you've got a whole lot of home equity, if you got more than 20% of your property, your home, paid off dude you guys got to do something with that right you guys should not be living by the mindset of paying off your house right there's these two kinds of sets of paradigms out there 99 95 whatever i'm just making this stuff up i'm gonna argue that 99 percent of people out there are really bad with their money they're not like folks like you who listen to financial podcasts max out your 401k good little boys and girls work your jobs high contributors to society, pay most of the taxes. It's not the wealthy people paying the taxes, that's for sure. If you want to check out our tax guides, go to simplepaththecashflow.com slash tax. If you're interested in learning more about that type of stuff. And it's not the uh, poor people, obviously, we're not gonna go down that road. Now, again, a lot of these people are people that look like grownups that kind of act like kids financially. Nothing wrong with this. Again, most people are like this. And this is why the mainstream financial advice out there on the street is buy your house to live in because y'all can't seem to keep your grubby hands off your money. So we need you to put your money into this house and pay it down over time before you spend all your money on all these things that you can't manage your money and create a budget for. But again, a lot of you guys aren't like that. There's a paradigm shift here, in the, the type of advice. You're moving away from this Dave Ramsey world where you're told to pay off your debt and you Use debt now responsibly, and this is why you listen to this channel. And you are supposed to use, you know, debt to your advantage. What I would suggest is go to simplepassivecashflow.com/slash HELOC. If this whole concept is new to you, I'm gonna suggest check out some of the articles I wrote in Forbes at com slash debt. It's a mindset shift, and I think the you know. That you understand it, but you may not embody it, and you got to get around other people, right? You got to join our mastermind group, getting around other people who are, you know, taking huge HELOCs and then taking it to the next level, getting like things like secure back line of credits, secure line of credits on the infinite banking policies is a next step. And for somebody who's just thinking about refinancing their home, that might make their head explode and because it goes against everything we've been taught. And like I always say, take advice from financially independent people moving on this path, not from your parents, your friends, family. Probably are going to spend 30, 40, 50 years paying down their house? And that's it. They're going to be cash poor, house rich. And that's not what you want to be. So again, all you guys you going to need to get a HELOC first because a lot of your equity is going to be trapped in your home equity right there. HELOCs are a great way. You don't pay fees on it. The only downside is you're not going to be able to tap at all their equity because of the banks are going to want to sandbag you on the evaluations to cover their own butts. But that's fine, right? For a lot of you folks who have your properties paid off more than 30 40% plus, that's not a good thing. Anytime you've paid off your house more than 50% and you come to one of our events, People are looking around, oh my goodness, you need to stop doing that for your own good. And then put it into good investments where you're going to create positive cash flow, grow your money. And then that kind of creates, gets you on the bandwagon for all these tax advantage investments. But before I go into the whole simple passive cash flow, the trifecta, which is good investments, tax systems, and infinite banking, I'm just going to send you the, the website, simple passive cash flow key lock to get started with that and enjoy the show because if you keep following this, it takes most people like four to seven years to get on the bandwagon. Get your passive income up by getting your lazy debt equity, which is typically in your home, doing something. And if we get them doing something at some point, it's going to grow over time. If you have a million half in the bank right now, it may not be in the bank. It may be in your home equity, retirement accounts. If you get into something lane that's making 10%, which is very achievable in the alternative investment world, you're making $150,000 probably tax-free. You probably don't need to be going to work tomorrow. You have enough potential energy. You just have to reshift things. And part of that is getting a HELOC and putting that money in the right place. So it's a knowledge game. It's a mindset shift to get there, Unfortunately, and you're going to need a peer group to do that. But uh, enjoy the show. This is a story about a dude named Lane. He moved to the mainland and bought one place to stay. And then one day he went, tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. Hey folks, I got my buddy Benson Pang, uh lender out of California to help me out with a personal issue that I'm having as a business owner, I am pretty good with my taxes and deductions. But in terms of dropping down my taxes, I, I drive it way down. If you guys want to see my taxes, I think last year I paid my AGI was 25 grand or twenty, And then this year, it's probably going to be something very similar. I haven't gotten it back. Definitely like nothing, of course, but which it screws me for going into loans. Now I co-sign on all my general partnership syndication deals, but it's totally asset backed. And the funny thing is they don't care about credit score on my tax returns. They just base it off of the asset and my personal network. But unfortunately, I can't go buy a house here in Hawaii because I don't fit in their stupid box. For those of you guys who are business owners, this podcast is going to really pertain to you guys. And it also may pertain to you guys for those success stories out there. You guys want to buy those one, two, three, two, three, $4 million plus dream homes. I think today's podcast is going to pertain to you guys. But this is the second time we have Benson on the podcast. But eventually hey, you tell us your, your engineer to lender story.
1: Hopefully. Hey, Lane. Good to see you again. I, I went to school for engineering, graduated civil engineering, worked at a local utility company, nuclear, nuclear power plant for four years, and got my engineering master's professional engineering license and gave it all up to be a loan officer. As an engineer, I need someone to explain to me how loan works in the engineering way. So... The whole reason I did that is so I can benefit the engineer crowd.
0: <laughs> so we got Benson to kind of explain it in engineering
1: speak to me
0: today. So maybe it's just explain to us like, okay, what options are available for weird folks like us in this situation?
1: Oh, for weirdos like you. <laughs>
0: I file my taxes. I got my letter. Maybe
1: taxes. It's just, you have a lot of legitimate deductions. And I think in 2020, a lot of self-employed, Borrowers was suffering for the most of the year. Really, for the first eight months of the year, it's really uncertain. You don't know where your next dollar is gonna come in. You have to pivot very quickly. And hopefully by now of last year, you have already pivoted and started making some reasonable income. And a lot of times when we look at business bank statements, it shows that in around August or September is when people started getting their regular deposits back. If you were to look at your 2020 tax returns, you're going to be like, boy, how am I going to qualify for a loan? Because the first nine months or eight months is just it's crap. Recently, there's a lot of bank statement programs that pop back up is they allow us to use your business bank statements, your last 12 months of it to qualify you for a loan. So even... You know, conventional loan and a home equity line of credit; those are all requiring tax returns. Business bank statement loans—we call it non-QM loans—they don't look at your tax returns and really only look at your business bank statement.
0: So I'm right to think like the Fannie Mae Freddie Mac route is no bueno. It's don't even waste my
1: time. Yeah, I take a look at it just to see if you qualify. There are things that I can add back, but for the most part, yeah, you're right. It's Going we typically glance at it and go straight to the business bank statements. And a lot of people ask, Oh, I also have a lot of expenses on the business bank statement. My answer typically is like, Don't worry about the expenses. We look at the deposits, legitimate business deposits, and then fifty percent is the most we'll take from it. We'll deduct fifty percent as your expense ratio in cases like real estate agents where they, they don't have a lot of expense. So we just need a CPA letter saying that, oh, their expense ratio is ten percent or And we can use most of that business deposit.
0: Here at simplepassivecashflow.com, we work with hardworking professionals looking to opt out of investments for the clueless. I mean, mainstream investing. With so many randals out there, hollow endorsements on crowdfunding websites that just act as broker-dealers taking commission to list syndications on their website, and institutional Wall Street companies out there, who do you trust? We follow a simple formula of working with people we have a direct relationship with while enjoying higher returns and a quicker path to financial freedom. The trifecta is simple. First, syndication deals to get two passive losses to unlock other tax best practices. And thirdly, infinite banking. The problem that many astute simple passive cash flow club members find is that syndications typically have a minimum of $50,000 to invest and frequency of deals is sporadic. Check out my article at simplepassivecashflow.com slash OFUND to learn how I always have cash on hand using the American Homeowner Preservation Fund as part of this one-two punch to be ready for a great deal while still making an attractive return. I've been investing in HP since 2016. HP is a crowdfunding solution to the mortgage crisis in America, where the fund takes care of operational headaches for you and pulls money together to get bulk discounts on distressed mortgages. It's a business model that I think gets stronger should a slowdown in the economy come because there will be even more distressed inventory for AHP to purchase. AHP's latest fund aims to keep people in their homes by investing in notes so you can make a 7% return and feel good about making a positive social impact. Invest as little as $100 by going to ahptitle.com. If you want the free Burn Zone book, please claim it at ahp. And oh, don't forget, join our private investor club. Join us at simplepassacashual.com slash club. Even in a higher expense ratio type of business, I don't know, manufacturing planner. Yeah, like would use
1: percent Yeah.
0: Okay. You mentioned the 12 month rule. So would it, I mean, behoove me to take all my income in a certain period of time and then lock it in is that Mm -hmm. part of the game
1: yeah basically so the lenders we use have an ai technology where we send in bank statements it spits out an, an income and obviously i know how how that works they add up all the business deposits and average it in the last 12 months
0: what about some business owners do this s corp salary dividend split where i control how much i make right Are they going more on the business level or that S-corp level where I can kind of show my business
1: level? Since they're already looking at the business deposits, they're not going to care about like how much the business paid you as a business owner.
0: Let's just go off of like a million dollar home. Does this go up exponentially the price of the home that you're getting into?
1: You still have to maintain a debt to income ratio, right? If you're buying a $1 million home, 20% down, your monthly payment is probably like, $4,000 Four or $5,000. Ideally, we want to see $10,000 after your expense ratio. So if it's 50% and we want to see $20,000 gross being deposited into your business bank statements average for the last 12 months. Per million Ooh. dollar purchase price. Correct.
0: Prices here in Hawaii and California are expensive, man.
1: Yeah. And we go up to uh one and a half or even two million dollar in in those business bank statement loans.
0: What about there are some ballers in our group? What do you do when you're trying to buy like a five million dollar home? I asked the question because like I rent where I live and I should probably buy, but I just do it to motivate the young guys, give them somebody to aspire to. A good role model, so I don't buy my house to live in. And I've been using this whole thing as an excuse, right? Well, I can't qualify for a loan, but that's why I'm asking you the question. What do you do when you're at Endgame and you actually want to have a place that you just want to sink money into as a money pit and you want to buy a $5 million, $10 million house? What are the options for that?
1: At that $5, $10 million uh, range, now we're talking a whole different loan. A lot of the loans go up to $3 million. And and then when you get past that $3 million, you actually have to have some sort of banking relationship at that point. We also work with lenders that can go up to that level. But now we're talking about, okay, are you a private banker with XYZ Bank? And now they can hook you up because you have $20 million sitting in that bank. Got it. Like a lot of people get like a collateralized loan on their cash value life insurance. Absolutely. Morgan Stanley has that. A lot of those wealth management company have a collateral, like they use their cash as collateral. Right? So
0: that $3 million purchase price, again, you just got to strategically find that 12-month period where you have 20 grand per every million dollars. So 60000 or a little under a million dollars of income per year. But when you get above that mark, this is where Johnny Walker Blue Label comes in, walking into some banks. Or like, or just give you the Johnny Walker Blue Label and you go to that out to your friends and lending partners. Like, how does that work? Asking no, for I, a friend, of course.
1: It's still all by the guidelines. Right. But I think in that realm, guidelines are meant to be pushed a little bit. So let's say if someone who has less than required income, but they have other compensating factors, like they have really high credit score or they have a lot of cash reserve, then that can be looked past. So it really depends on at that price range. I think those borrowers all look very different. It's not just a $80,000, hundred ninety dollars engineering job.
0: The one thing I'm concerned doing that is I don't want them to like, lock up dead equity right you hear these iul premium financing these types of products that a lot of us talk about in end game scenario like they they'll lock up a lot of your liquidity you can't touch it it's dead to you it's effectively like you put a down payment on something because you can't touch it that's something I, i'm a little eerie about so what you, what about this strategy let's just say you went out and you bought the five million dollar home cash can you get a HELOC and effectively strip out 80 that's a lot of
1: money for heloc when i think about a five million dollar house i might just invest enough with you and have that cash flow to rent a five million dollar (laughs) house
0: but that's the problem right at some point, that's why I do what I do. I kind of currently rent like a million dollar house. That's an average house here in Hawaii. But when you start to get to that higher echelon, three, four, five million dollars to rent, your options go severely down.
1: That's true. Yeah. yeah.
0: And the people who rent out to those people, they're a little kooky, right? They're typically like international Asian investors that own that house and they, for some reason, somebody tricked it into renting them and they just switch on a whim and they kick you out. Like, I don't want to be kicked out of the place I live. That's why, unfortunately to me, I have to buy at that point.
1: When you're at that one, one and a half or even 2 million, I think it would be wise to buy. But if you were to take that money back out, your down payment money back out, you might have to wait a couple of years for that appreciation to happen before you can take the money out. I I agree
0: agree with you. You put that down payment on any half decent investment, you're going to make a lot more money. This is like when you have a certain amount of money, you don't care anymore. It's more about enjoyment and quality of life. That's what people tell me.
1: I think at the $5 million, $10 million house, I don't think it's about money anymore at that point.
0: Your taxes are like 40, 50 grand right there anyway. It doesn't
1: Your property tax alone, it's a lot.
0: So you're saying the banks would max out the amount of the HELOC thing. Like it's not as simple as getting 80%
1: the value yeah that the four or five million dollar property yeah but when we're talking about let's say let's bring it back from mars back to earth <laughs> for a second like for people like you and I have a one million dollar house in LA or Hawaii and perhaps your loan is up to you know six five six hundred thousand and you need a couple hundred thousand usually the HELOCs are not a problem which kind of brings me to a lot of people ask me like hey, should I cash out or should I take a HELOC how do you typically? On
0: Earth, not Mars, right? Like the <sighs> HELOC, you're going to get away with less fees. Doing it that way, it's more flexible. To me, the downsides is like HELOCs can be pulled at any point whenever the world gets a little crazy. And I think the bank is always going to screw you with the appraisal. They're always going to shortchange you on that perspective. Effectively, you're only getting, if the advertised LTV was 80%, you may only get 75 or 70. But at least you don't have to pay a lending broker and go through all like the blood draws and DNA samples and and pay the
1: fees to... I don't know. Which, what would you do? I've gotten a couple of HELOCs myself and a couple of times I they actually asked for more documents than when I was refinancing myself. They actually asked for more because when you get a HELOC, it, now you're at the bank level. You're at their the mercy of their guidelines, their HELOC guidelines. And each bank might have a different guideline, US Bank or Bank of the West, one might ask for two years of tax returns one may ask for one year. But if you're doing a conventional loan, you already know what the guideline is. So to me, it's a similar difficulties. And even on a cash out, you can do a no point and maybe even no fees kind of cash out refinance. The pros and cons is number one, I need I need a HELOC. Oh, why do you need a HELOC? I need access to money from the equity, right? From my house. Why do you need it? Is it for short term or is it for long term? To me, HELOC is more like the short term, like you said, less secure because they can pull it anytime when there's an economic downturn, they can pull it. To today, tomorrow. Wells Fargo froze everyone's personal line of credit, even though they unfreeze it, I think, a couple of days ago. But it shows that they can do what they want to do with their line of credit. What and, about
0: uh, the jumbles is a conventional financing, right? So for me, there's no chance that even looking at that.
1: Yeah, When it comes to jumbo, you, you're looking at even lower debt to income ratio, right? 43 uh, debt to income ratio instead of 45, 50. And they ask for more documents. So a lot of times in LA, our clients who are looking at 1.1, 1.2, we in 20% down, we sometimes help them do what we call a piggyback loan, where they get the first loan as a uh, conventional loan, Fannie Mae, or Freddie Mac loan. And then a second as a piggyback HELOC. So it's a smaller amount where they can manage to pay off within the next 10 years. Again, HELOC has a 10-year draw term, adjustable rate. It can turn into a fixed loan after 10 years at market rate.
0: And that, like, whenever that faithful day comes, when I give you that call, you may do choose to piecewise it in that fashion or go to somebody in your black book to get the whole thing as a business loan. or
1: The non-QM. See, that's a thing too. Bank statement is just one of them. There's 1099 loans where you get a 1099 your truck driver. You could be a real estate broker and you get a 1099. I can go off of that 1099 instead of bank statements. And or if you have a couple million dollars sitting in the bank and you just don't have active income, we can actually use something called asset depletion loan. You, you have $2 million, we divide by 84 and that's your monthly income.
0: That sounds like a lot of people in the mastermind are getting like they're stuffing their cash value and over time, maybe it goes to over a million dollars. They can take the loan from Penn Mutual or whoever they're working with at 5%. Or they can take it to one of these little small banks and get 3.5. That seems to be that option for that. Is that the same term for what
1: that is? Yeah, you can actually get a bank statement loan or asset depletion loan for three and a half, depending on your down payment amount and credit score range between three and a half to four.
0: So that's another option. What about another person mentioned to me that just getting a straight up business loan, not on your house, but you get a business loan on your business, But then you just use that to pay cash for the property and you collateralize the loan with the property.
1: I would say if you can get it collateralized using the home instead of a business loan, that would be the wisest just because it's (laughs) going to be stupid expensive to get a business loan. And they always trick you. I got a letter from American Express the other day. Oh, working capital loan, only 0.75%. I'm like, oh, my God, 0.75%. I thought it was per year. And then I looked into the fine print. It's per month. And if you multiply that by 12, that's 9% interest rate. Yeah,
0: That's how all these online banks make money, right? Like they're all free and they have good services, but... They send out these teaser rates for working capital or essentially like payday loans for business owners or online people. That's how they're making money. That's all online banks are.
1: And sometimes I just like to look at those letters and try to call in and see what they really are. And I got offered a 13% interest rate loan by some lendme.com or something. And I'm like, Dang, that's predatory.
0: I mean, it's white collar payday loans essentially on the internet, Uh essentially what it is. That's why we do the infinite banking, right? You stuff money in there and you don't have to deal with one of these guys. You can just bank from yourself.
1: You bankroll yourself. Yeah. And you got to start young too. It's not something you want to start. You start whenever you can. You can be 25 year old, you can be 55 year old. You just got to start it somewhere. Never too late to start infinite banking.
0: Going back to this uh, first world problem big home purchase which by the way i'm not doing guys relax good oh my goodness that's a too expensive home i'm kind of just curious like what the interest rates are what are the options planning ahead but it exhausts all options all i'm hearing is just we'll go talk to you there's a way to do it at the end of the day i
1: think if you're lane if you're comfortable living in it for the next five ten years i think it might be a good time to consider to weigh out the options
0: folks uh if you guys are in similar positions as this going to Mars scenario, uh, reach out to Benson Pang uh, and he'll help you out. You guys can get ticket for me. And then that way, Benson knows what to do when I finally come knocking.
1: When you get that $10 million property, we're going to party in it. One of these days.
0: <laughs> thanks for jumping on, Benson. Appreciate it.
1: Hey, thanks, Lane.